Have you ever had this thought, I can never seem to get ahead? Or maybe this one, I have no idea what I'm doing. We've been there, and you probably have too. Unfortunately, confusion and frustration are normal for men today. Comparison, escapism, and all kinds of regrets usually have one of these involved. But the good news is this, no matter which one you're dealing with, the answer is the same. Focus on the fundamentals. Most of the outer issues we face can be improved or even solved by dealing with a few inner markers we call the fundamentals. We believe you can begin to take your life to the next level by becoming strong in the fundamentals of your life. So we wrote a free PDF called The 4D Model, Mastering the Fundamentals of Real Success. This PDF will show you what the four fundamentals are and how these key areas are foundational to the success of every man. You'll learn how to start a journey within that transforms the way you live your life and navigate your circumstances. Now, why did we make this PDF? So you can have a tool to learn how to focus on the four fundamentals, because when you do, long-lasting success can happen in your life. Get your free copy of the 4D Model of Success at thrivingman.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Thriving Man Podcast. This episode is a special bonus episode that we wanted to provide you guys this month. We're interviewing Alan Chapin, who's a great author, and Alan wrote a book that I think really fits with what we're covering this month. It's called Listen, and it's about hearing the voice of God. And what happened was Alan went on this journey for a year of every day listening to what God spoke to him. And the book came out of that journey. And so in this interview, we talk about that. We talk about the men who influenced Alan. We talk about different aspects of his life and where he's grown as a man. And I think it's a fascinating interview. We wanted to offer it as just a bonus for this month. So I hope you guys enjoy it and I hope it encourages you. This is The Thriving Man Podcast with David and Reese Maxwell. These weekly shows are designed to help you remove the confusion from your life and make real progress with your growth. No matter where you are or where you're going, we're here to help you live a life you can be proud of. So welcome to The Thriving Man Podcast. All right, Alan, welcome to The Thriving Man Podcast. So glad to have you on here today. Thanks so much, David. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be on here with you. Let's do this. Um, one of the things I want to do is I want to start out talking about uh, the people who helped you, because I think it's important for us as men to realize that none of us are an island. We needed people. And one of the lines in your book that I really liked, you talked about how God brought each of these men into my life during different seasons to teach me something I would need down the road. So, yeah. So give us a little bit of the men who impacted your life, the season they brought you in. Uh, just to help yeah. you be the man you are today. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I those there, there's a list. I mean, you know, uh, it, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And yeah. uh, it took a village for me, uh, a village of men, uh, and super blessed. Had an incredible, godly dad. Um, you know, not I know so many people do not have that. There's times yeah. I feel like. Wow, I was born with a, a, a spiritual silver spoon in my mouth because I had mm. such a great dad to pour into me. Not perfect. Yeah, uh, we didn't always get along. All those kind of things, you know. But 
uh, but incredible man of character, honor, integrity, uh, that just always exemplified that, uh, was at home, who he was in public. Mm. Uh, there was no deviance. I might not have always agreed with his positions, yeah. but he wasn't changing. He was rock solid. And so wow. grew up with that. And then, uh, and I'll kind of backtrack to one or two, but then uh, on the other side of it, married Angela and her dad ended up becoming my best friend outside of Angela and the Lord, just uh, because again, all that incredible integrity, character, honor, solid, just dependable, just steady, steady, steady. So many fishing trips when I'm wow. frustrated out of my mind and he's going, okay, easy, just fish and we'll talk and, you know, set me straight and get all that stuff. Man, uh, my youth pastor, there was a moment when I, you know, a few years when I'd backslid I come back to the Lord and, um, and he really poured into me and discipled me and got me back on a track. And that was amazing. Um, you know, at college dorm pastor, Tom Hill, uh, there at Sagu and took a chance on me when I was, you know, uh, disappointed. I had not gotten elected student body president or something, I, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, and he says, Hey, why don't you be a resident assistant with me? And then for that next year, he's just pouring into my life, you know, and, and really things, lessons that I still to this day use in ministry and in life. And, uh, you know, during, well, during my time there interned with a guy named Don Wee, and he happens to be one of the executives now over here in South Texas, some of guy, but, uh, but Don, this summer that I spent interning with them, was so impactful that still to this day, even where we're at in ministry right now, it mm -hmm. was because I had contacted Don and said, you know, if anything he goes, no, nah, I don't know of anything, you know, and three days later he, he goes, Hey, I got an email. I really feel like you should check this out. Well, a lot of people could tell you that, but Don yeah. had invested enough in my life that when he said it, I did it uh, uh, because I knew who he was. And if he said, and I felt like, hey, this guy knows my life. He knows who I am and I know who he is. And so anyway, and then, man, got to serve with some incredible leaders over the year. Doug Fallenwater, Rob Blakey, those guys poured into me when I was serving as district youth director there in Louisiana. And they, again, people of incredible, impeccable character and honor and integrity and uh, just amazing leadership and loved people. Loved people, loved people. They they could have been distant, but they chose to be relational, and mm. uh, just loved that element. And while I was working there, like a Jonathan David friend, you know, Jonathan was older than David. Um, some scholars say considerably older. Uh, so mm. odd that they would be friends. But uh, but Hudson goes it, and I think you know Hut. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, Hudson and I became friends. He's not tons older than me. He's just a little bit older, but, uh, but anyway, but he really poured into my life during some very challenging seasons, yeah. uh, as well. And so, man, I got this whole list of people. I, I look at it and go there. If you see a turtle on a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Well, what has that done for you to, kind of change your thinking to where you want to be that guy to others? Has that helped you really have a heart to mentor other young men and kind of help them on their journey? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with my dad and Angela's dad uh, made me want to be that kind of dad 
like that my kids would grow up going, hey, what you see of our dad everywhere is what we have at home. And yeah. that that consistency. And I, I even tell them, you don't always have to agree with me. OK, but let's just know that it's always going to be this way, you know. Yeah. And uh, so uh, so I think that's helped. But then, uh, man, even here in pastoring, you know, young guys are giving their lives to the Lord and, you know, they're they're getting started on their journey. And it's so fun because uh, they're not perfect. I have, there, there's no like qualification of, oh, when you get to this level, I'll mentor you. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, I'll take you in your junk and let's go. Come on. We'll, we'll make yeah. a journey of this, you know, and, uh, and just being able to, pour, and times when I don't even know that I am. And yeah. then they'll come back and say, man, thanks for pouring into me. I was like, when did I do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so, uh, so that's, uh, and my, Probably some of that comes from my father-in-law because one time I wanted to sit down and have an interview with him like this. It's like, explain to me, because you mentored so many great youth pastors. Talk to me about how a pastor mentors a youth pastor. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, <laughs> you have, you, I was like, you've mentored. So he goes, no, I haven't. I was like, yeah, you have. There's a ton of people out there in ministry doing amazing stuff because they served with you. And now they have these yeah. other, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, how did you spend time with him and stuff? He's like, well, we just sat down have staff meeting every week. And, you know, I said, we got to go visit somebody in the hospital, get in the van. Let's go. He said, we talked while we went, Hey, we got to work yeah. on the air conditioner today. Come help me. You know? And he'd say, we talk about what's going on in their life. I'm like, that's mentoring. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, so, but I probably have some of that, you know, where I go, I don't know that I'm mentoring. I'm just loving people and trying to do the best that yeah. I can to help them make the journey too. I think a lot of times we think of mentorship as a formal coaching type program and and it's really just hey let's we're side by side doing life together we can talk and I think most men receive it better that way rather than a formal, yeah. you know, class or things like that. I'm telling you the guys at our church, they we have a lot of work projects and it's yeah. amazing how many uh, conversations and things happen while we're fixing something at a widow's house or something, you know, yeah, and yeah. somebody opens up and starts talking about what's going on in their life while we're swinging a hammer or slinging paintbrushes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of men, that's how they prefer it. Well, give me for a moment, what are in your life, as you look back to get where you are today, what were the most significant uh, growth moments for you as a man, just those things yeah. to where you're like, okay, I need to step up. Either you were challenged or you saw a deficiency. What were some of those key ones for you that kind of took you, brought you where you are today? Man, I think uh, probably some of the biggest were uh, when I was away from the Lord, it was challenged to come back to him. And I had a youth pastor who took me to a setting where somebody from out of town was coming to speak to just a small group of students and leaders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and it, was, it was hardcore in your face kind of challenge, got my attention. And it was like, man, I'm messed up. I got to get this straight. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then that youth pastor loved me back in the process. And that mm -hmm. really became kind of a turning point to me and the call to ministry, all those things. Uh, getting married was a wake-up call for me as a man. Yeah. I remember on, on our honeymoon, second day of our honeymoon, 
drive. We had driven partway the first night. We were driving the whole way and going to the Smokies anyway. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we got partway and I was having to follow directions. Angela's dad had given us, uh, there was no GPS back then. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You got a map and instructions and you went yep. and 700, 700 miles on this trip. Right. And uh, I remember coming to a city and thinking, I've got to get through this city and on the right road. And her dad knows how to do this because he's done it a bunch of times, but I don't. And I, all of a sudden it hit me. She's going to expect me to take care of her like he has taken care of her. I got so scared, bro. I was like, wow. oh, I'm 24. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm like, you yeah. know, and it was, it was this challenge, you know, I mean, that was a moment where, you know, and it has, it's been amazing, but it's, it's, you know, made me be a man more, you know, to wow. go, Hey, step up and lead your family. And then, you know, we couldn't have kids. We, you know, had some infertility issues and mm -hmm. uh, we'd been married 12 years when we finally, uh, you know, miraculously had Alex. And yeah. uh, I just, I, when he was born, that moment when he was born and I was holding him for the first time, I thought, oh, man, mm -hmm. like this is a whole new level of responsibility. And then yeah. as they've gotten older, it's been like when they, they imitate me doing something mm. and or somebody goes, man, your son is just like you. And I go, oh, oh, man, no, 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 no. <laughs> I gotta get this right. I gotta get this right. Dear God, you gotta help me get this right. You know, yeah. and it's just like, ah. And so incredible moments like that, incredible graduating college was, you know, it was an awesome moment of success. I mean, I think as men, yeah. we want to succeed. Yeah. Uh, publishing my first book, like when that happened, I had that dream since I was a teenager, 15, yeah. uh, and then walked away from the Lord and all that kind of stuff and condemnation and all these reasons why I couldn't over the years. And finally, uh, and, you know, and I think I was 37 or 38 or something. Uh, uh, no, I tell you back 47 before I got it. Uh, I got that first book out there, but when I did, it was like a piece of me that was supposed to be there was now there, mm. uh, stuff that I'd hidden away and, all, and something about that success of that, just getting it done. Yeah. No matter yeah. if anybody bought it. If my mom was the only one who bought it, it wouldn't have mattered at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. completing the task, being successful. And as men, like there's that thing in us, like I got to succeed. That's and good. so, uh, and I may have some of that more than others sometimes where I feel like, uh, not that I'm so driven, but sometimes I feel like I, I can't. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then to be able to do it, you go, wait, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. So, and, you know, the, you know, those are, those are moments that make, but I'll say this too, because no, like everybody would rather see your scars than your stars. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, being let go from jobs, uh, heartbreaking moments like that, that's made me who I am. When, when my father-in-law, who was my best friend, uh, died and eight months later, my dad died. Mm. Those two giants that I was talking about earlier who yeah. formed me, essentially, they had the greatest, biggest, longest impact in my life. Yeah. Um, when they were suddenly gone, 
And I was coming into a season where I thought I was going to depend on them more than ever. That shaped me as a man, too. And I remember having a, a guy here in the church tell me, you know, Pastor, maybe it's OK that they're gone. Uh, maybe it's okay that you can't lean on them. Maybe the Lord wanted you to lean on him more in this season than on wow. them. And I was yeah. like, thank, thank God for a man who would come alongside in that moment when my giants are gone yeah. and go, uh, go, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it, you know, God's mm. going to help you. So pretty cool, man. You know, so you got those moments, you got great moments in life that yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And that makes you, and then there's crushing moments that you just yeah. go, how am I ever going to survive this? And that makes us. No, I love that because I think you hit all sides. Some things are forced upon us that, or we move into and we unknowingly know that's how, like, you know, getting married, having kids, those things kind of push upon us a maturity level. But then there's also those mountains we want to climb where, hey, I want to conquer this part of my life. I want to overcome yeah. this area. And we know in order to do that, I have to be a better man. And there's that yep. fear of, can I do it? But then when you get it done, you know, you feel like a million bucks. You feel like Superman in those moments. Um, right. And I, I think that's a natural God-given thing we have, uh, which is why most men are driven in some aspect or another. Not that we're all type A driven personalities, but we all right. want to overcome. We all want to overcome and win the day, be a success, you know, we call it living a life we can be proud of. You know, every yeah. man has a different life, but they want to be proud of their life. They want to feel like I gave my best in that. Absolutely. So, okay. I want to talk about one of your books, uh, mainly for this interview, um, because I think we're, we're emphasizing for men, the spiritual side this month, we're talking about developing that spiritual side with the Lord. And you wrote a book called Listen. Um, and it came out of a very interesting story. Uh, which you, you talk about in the book. It's fascinating. So share a little bit of where the motivation came and what you did to kind of bring this book about. Oh, my goodness. It was never intended to be a book initially. Uh, I was I was coming through that season. Uh, Angela's dad dying, my dad dying. Uh, we had uh, had to leave a ministry position that we loved. And for two and a half years, uh, no door opening. And thinking, God, where are you? What's going on? Yeah. And uh, and then suddenly the Lord opening multiple doors, having to figure out where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? And in the midst of all that, that's when her dad died, my dad died. So we make this transition to a new role. And the world's just topsy-turvy. In the midst of all of that, the Lord one day, and I, I've had consistent time alone with the Lord. It's not like I didn't. It's not like I didn't ever talk to the Lord. Yeah listen to the Lord, any of those things did. But one day in my time alone with the Lord, the Lord said, I felt like he said to me, and obviously not audibly, I don't know how he speaks to everybody else, but to me in my heart, my mind, you know, um, my spirit, he just said, I, for the next 365 days before you do anything, anything, first thing in the morning, when you wake up, before you, before you read anything, even my word, even before that, I want you to listen for my spirit to speak to you. Mm. And I thought, well, God, I'll listen to you, you know, and, and it's like 300. And I thought 365 days this is a long, this is a long quest. Okay. And uh, it's not 30 days. This is not whatever, you know? So I was like, yeah. okay, all right, I'll listen. 
And I thought, man, if the creator of the universe wants to talk to me, I'm going to write it down. Apparently, I mean, he's got important stuff to say, so I guess yeah. I'll, I'll write it down. So it's got a little, one of those little Dollar Tree journals, you know, just a little, you know, thing and started writing that. And the next day I got it. And it wasn't long. It's like three or four sentences the first day. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. God spoke to me, you know, and I read my Bible and talked to him some more about other stuff, you know, worship him and, and go on my day, right? Next day. Again, next day, again, and I missed one day in the whole thing. And so I did another day at the end of the, of the year to make up for it because uh, we were going out of town at a conference and my son got sick and all that. And I was having to get up and go do <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. And I missed the day and I was like, no, you know, anyway. But uh, but it was, so it was this whole year, but about a month or two in, I started going, wait a minute, God wants to talk to me. Why? What have I done wrong? Like, because mm. there's kind of like I felt like I got called to the principal's office in some way, and I just didn't know what it was about. And so, yeah. anyway, yeah. so ends up, no, that's not the case. An incredible year of God speaking to me every day. And it gets longer and longer and longer as the year's going on because I'm giving him more time. I'm paying closer attention, mm. all of that. At the end of the year, so I'm coming to the end of that year, I was like, God, this is so good. Why have I never done done this mm. i don't ever want to live without this and i haven't i'm t- I, i'm telling you haven't missed another day i missed that one that year yeah. but i've not missed another day because it's been so life-giving i was just like oh i i don't know how i would go a day without stopping and listening to him first and, wow. and and then i can get into all the other things and even studying his word and talking with him about needs in my life back lots of times He'll already have talked to me about it before I ever have to bring it to him, you know, yeah, yeah. and so I, I just loved having that uh, element in, in my walk with the Lord. But then out of that was, God, this is so good. I wish everybody had this. Mm. And, uh, and I was, and so at some point I just kind of felt like this release that it was okay to put this into some kind of accessible format in this case, a book yeah. where people yeah. could do it and take them on the 63 day journey. And, you know, whole, that's Caroline Leaf. You have to get, you know, get your brain science on and go after that one. But, mm-hmm. um, but, but really to, to give people and then a place for them at the end of each one to, to write down for themselves what they felt like the Lord was saying and show them, this is what it sounds like when God speaks to you. If yeah. you're unsure what that looks like, this is what it this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. This is how it feels. This is and then some little stories go along with it. But you know, trying to put it in some kind of format where somebody could go, oh, that's what it was and give then them go on that journey. Cause here's what yeah. I knew. If I could get people on that journey, they will stay on that journey. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so anyway, but that's kind of how it all came about. And uh and you know, I was super pleased that, again, I didn't ever intend for it to be. In fact, I had to handpick out of those. There are some of those things I'm like, I'm not putting that in the, in the book. That's, <laughs> you know, that's no, that's very personal. You know, I'm not, yeah, not putting yeah. that in there. But. One of the things uh, you mentioned, and I thought this was really good, and I want you to answer it. You say, uh, you talk to the reader and say, they're tempted to wonder, what if I'm just making all this up? How will I know? It's really God speaking. Because I know for a lot of us, when we feel like God is speaking to us, we're kind of unsure 
What if I blow it? What if I mess up? It's almost like our own imposter syndrome when it comes to our relationship with God. So what did yeah. you do to kind of overcome that to where, okay, I'm going to listen, write down what God speaks to me, and I'm going to believe it's really God speaking to me. What'd you do to balance that out for yourself? Well, and, and there's part of this that is just absolutely faith. You know, yeah. there with without faith, it's impossible to please God at some point. Because my wife asked me the same thing. She goes, how? she's like, I want to do it. I'm going to do it too. When I was telling her about the book and everything, you know, yeah. and she's like, I'm, and I would tell her, I was like, man, it was so amazing with the Lord today, you know? And she's like, but how do you know that's God? Like, mm. how do you, you know, and I, uh, here we are, we're pitching in doing youth ministry again at the church. Right. And have students ask me, but how do you know when God speaks to you? And I'm yeah. like, man, you'll, you'll know. I, there is an authoritative sense to it, I guess, uh, where you would go, well, that's God. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. what I, this is what I usually break it down to for people. I'm like, uh, God's for us, not against us. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do good for us. I think about my kids. How do I, how do I speak to them? Is it sometimes direct and straight? Yes. But is it in love? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I always explain what I'm telling them? No. Sometimes I just tell them. Uh, lots of times I do explain it, you know, but they know this. Over years, I have invested enough love that they understand. If I ask them in the middle of something, can you just do this? They'll do it. Mm. And yeah. they, they know. They've, they've learned when it's okay to mess with dad when it's okay to have the conversation, when it's not, all that kind of stuff. But this is the way I've kind of broken it down for people is to say, you know, when the Lord speaks to us, it's full of love. Yeah. Uh, love doesn't always mean good, like like feel good. Yeah. You know, there's truth involved and there's always truth. That's good. Right? So it speaks the truth and love to us. Uh, it's never condemning. I tell people, if you're, we should feel guilt when we do wrong. That's a that's a right thing. We should feel guilt. That's the Holy Spirit helping us get going in the right direction. If we start feeling condemned, like there's no hope, I can't overcome this. I've done too bad. That's the enemy. That's the devil. He's lying to us. If he's talking, he's lying. Right. And so he's like, uh, if, but when it's, uh, when it's conviction, that is that mm -hmm. there is hope you did wrong, but there's hope. But what I discovered most of the time in that journey was that, uh, the, because I thought, well, God's going to correct a bunch of stuff in me. Yeah. He wasn't. There were times when he, he would say, hey, be focused today. You have a lot going on. Keep your focus. And it was encouragement mm. and preparation and guidance. Hey, yeah. when you go out there today, make sure this or that. Hey, um, people are watching. Make sure that you are living this, mm. you know, things where you would, where I, it wasn't bad. It wasn't correction even. And, and even in the times when it was correction, it was so, yeah. so different. I thought, I, I didn't know that's the way God corrected us. Mm -hmm. He wasn't taking me out behind the woodshed and whooping me. I mean, he yeah. was, He's going to come here and sit down. We need to talk about this. This is not good. Yeah. And you can do it. And so I began to have this sense, I guess, having faith that it was God to begin with. Yeah. And just beginning to write down. 
But as I went on, I began to see patterns with him. And it was the buildup of going, I know when it's God now and I know when it's not. Mm. And do I still have days when I go, was that God? Yeah. That seems weird. I don't know about that. And I would go to scripture and go, does that match the way that God dealt with people in scripture? Because I want to make sure I was on track, you know, that I wasn't getting off. And I would go, okay, that's in line with his character and nature. Mm. I think I can trust that that's him and and go from there, you know? And so, uh, you know, there's, for me, I guess in some ways you go, it's ethereal. Like, how do you, it's like nailing jello to a tree, right? Can you do it? I don't know. But, and yet there is a sense where you know. And what's interesting about that, as I just read this recently, you've probably talked about a million times. You probably know this way better than I do. But uh, often multiple uh, people would put their herds together to uh, when they penned them at night in, in first century Palestine and Israel there. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, as in the morning when each shepherd would come, they would open the gate. They would call their sheep in the, by name. Yeah. And the sheep, their only their sheep would come out because the other sheep didn't recognize their voice, didn't hear their wow. name by their yeah. shepherd. And so they would stay in the pen until their shepherd came and spoke to them and told them to come out and That's do cool. that. And so when Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. All those in that area who understood the agrarian nature of things, uh, farming and ranching would, would have said, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, the shepherd in the yeah. morning would have said, yeah, you know, and, and they just knew. And so there's a just just knowing element that comes to it, too, when people will go, that's God. Now, does the devil yeah. try to mess with us and lie to us and do stuff? Yeah, but it, the longer you listen to the Lord the more obvious his lies. Be. That's interesting. And and I love the part you brought up about, it, it seems like you you gained a, a bigger understanding of God's love through this. What does his love yeah. look like? What does it mean for me? Because I think a lot of men struggle with, you know, how do I know God really loves me? It seems like everyone, he loves everyone else, but he probably doesn't like me. So did you struggle with some of that as far as that feeling like, okay, God doesn't really love me. He just has to accept me because he's God, but he doesn't really like me. Did you go through some of that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think even at that part where I was talking about, you know, where I go, the other shoe's going to drop at some moment. Like yeah, he's yeah. going to, um, there's going to be a place where he's going to, he's going to, he's going to butter me up and then he's going to fillet me. You know, he's mm. just going to, He's going to slay me and like he's going to tell me everything that's wrong. And then I have to go through this process of trying to figure out how to get it all right and all that kind of stuff. And it just never came. Mm. And so then, then you start wondering, well, then what's he up to? Why would God want to talk to me? And because the truth is we look at, we go, okay, if he's God and he is, but we all, I think, come to those places where we go, okay, if he's God, mm. and if God is this way, yeah, if he's so loving and he's so compassionate and he's so wise and he's so this, and I'm not, mm. why would he ever want to hang out with me? I, it's funny. Uh, in a book we'll talk about it later, but another book, I tell the story. It's obvious that I would marry Angela. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's talented. She's funny. She's got every, right. The whole package. She's got the whole deal. Of course I married her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But why did she marry me? (laughs) Yeah. The momentary lapse of judgment. (laughs) Literally when we got engaged, she told her dorm pastor, we were at college and she told her dorm pastor, she's like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to do this uh, RA thing this next semester. Uh, I've gotten engaged and we're going to be planning a wedding and all that. And she goes, who'd you get engaged to? Like we've been dating. Okay. Like, and and she goes, she said, Alan Chapin. And the, the woman literally laughed at her. She was like, (laughs) <laughs> no, you didn't. Shut up. Who'd you get engaged to? You know, like that. It, it, it was that obvious. Okay. And so the same, you go, well, why would Angela marry you? You know, yeah. well, I don't know that I understand that, but she loved me anyway. And she married yeah. me anyway. And, you know, uh, grace doesn't make a lick of sense. I was talking mm. yesterday uh, in the service and I was like, you know, uh, nobody touched Jesus unless he let him. And uh, he uh, he let the the woman with the issue of blood touch him. She had faith. He said, daughter, daughter, you've been healed. Your faith has made you well, right? She came in faith, and so he let her touch him. Uh, the woman who poured the perfume on his feet and wept and, and wiped his feet with her hair, he let her touch him. She came in worship. And those two make sense to me. But he mm-hmm. also let Thomas touch him in doubt. Mm. Uh, wow. When Thomas was struggling to to handle and receive and understand, and everybody else was getting it, and everybody else had experienced it, and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. Thomas came and goes, "No way! I'm not going to believe it until I can touch the holes in his nail holes in his hands, put my hand in the spear hole in his side." Yeah. And he goes, "It's cool. It's cool, Thomas. I got you. I know. Here you go." And he let him touch him. You know, I mean, it doesn't make sense. That's not yeah. right. That's not fair. That's not, but that's, that's who God is. He, yeah. he lets us. And so, so yeah, I struggled with that. But when I finally understood, he really does love me. He's really trying to help me. He really does have my best interest at heart. He really is working all things together for my good. If I'll get out of the way and let him, you know, I'll, yeah. He's yeah. he's doing that. If I'll get on board with his plan, things are going to go a lot smoother. If I won't fight against it, and you know, and I finally I was like, what? Why? And which even makes it more special because yeah. then yeah. when you when you finally accept that this doesn't make sense, there's no reason why he should do this. You know exactly. Mm-hmm. Eureka touchdown. That's who God is, you know? And that, that realization for me was like, (sighs) wow. Which made it that much more special. So then it's like, I'm never missing another day of this ever again. And as long as I live, if I can get to know him better and let him tell me and get me to where I need to be. And so we're going to be doing this for eternity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really good. That's really good because I like the way you describe it as you just gained a greater understanding of him and and kind of his nature and the way he is. And I think that helped you understand scripture better, you know, reading the Bible, uh, getting yeah. all that. Um, one of the things that you that you talked about that I thought was really good, you said this line, God has called you to be unique for him 
while carrying his DNA, his character, and his nature into this world, representing him with your own flair. And I love that that juxtaposition of, yes, we, we are to act like God, we're to have his character, but we're all different. And the flair in which we do it is different. Expand that a little bit of how God showed you that you don't have to be the same as someone else. You can be unique yeah. for him because he's called you to be that. Talk about that. I'll give you, this is the simplest illustration that I can give to people uh, when they ask something like this, because the truth is, if you ask me, tell me about your favorite preaching now. And OK, so I'm a preacher. Right. And tell me about your favorite preaching. I would probably a 1960s camp meeting. Mm, well, that's God. Let me tell you how it's yeah. going to be. I said, he is the father and he is the son and he is the holy. I mean, like that. Like, all, OK, yeah. so I just did it right. I just did it right there. I don't preach that way. I always wanted mm -hmm. to. I, was, I want to be hellfire and brimstone. I want to drag you to the pit of hell and tell you how bad it's going to be. And so that you'll repent and get right and all that. Yeah. And it's just so insincere to who I am. And mm. finally, the Lord helped me to see it. And he goes, I did. I mean, I always wanted that deep, booming voice that could carry, you know, yeah. I've, yeah. I've worked with it. I'm full like, yeah, you get preaching, blah, 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 you know, and sorry, all, you know, all these guys yeah. that are legends, you know, and I got Mickey Mouse yeah. over here, you know, and uh, just, you know, and the craziness and, uh, you know, I've had kids come up to me after youth services and things and they're speaking, they're like, hey, I'm ADD too. I totally understood everything you said. You know, and and uh, once yeah. and I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not, but that's okay. Thank you. I get. Thank you for following along. I appreciate that. You know, and uh, but once I just finally embraced it, and yeah. and set, and it's hard because you think people have expectations of who you're supposed to be and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm gonna be me. Yeah. God made me. He created me. That I've had the experiences I've had, and they've brought me to this point. And I am who I am. Yeah. And when I do that, that's when people respond. They're like, that was mm -hmm. awesome. You know, like, I was just being wow. an idiot. Like, you know, I, yeah. and, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, throwing stuff out into the audience or, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing yeah. that's, you know, that is that thing or it's, um, I'm a storyteller. And, you know, I do better than it's not that I don't ever read scripture while I'm preaching, but I do better to tell the story. Uh, yeah, tell him yeah. this is where it's found. You can follow along. But let me let me yeah. just explain what was happening here and tell them the story um, and all that. And once I realized some of that, it was like I kind of became my own person when I realized I'm not the dad that everybody else is. But God mm. chose to give me Alex and Austin to raise. Mm -hmm. There's nobody on this earth who's more qualified to parent them to be their dad than me. Otherwise, he would have given them to somebody else. So I'm okay. It, it's okay for me to be me and mm -hmm. not have to try to be. And man, do we ever try to be somebody else? Like mm. all the time. Hey, I wish I was as chill as you, bro. You're so awesome. Like, I just, I'm like, man, you're so full of wisdom. And like, it seems like nothing in life ruffles you, you know? And I'm all like, ah! 
you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to be like, I want to be like David, you know, and, and yeah. And how many times do we do that? And stupid social media, good grief. Oh, everybody does it this way. I got it. You know, everybody's driving this. I got you know, I need to go drive that, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. whatever, there's freedom for somebody today that's watching and listening, there's freedom for them to just quit being everybody else and be you. And don't worry about that. Because when you do, when you're authentically you, that's when God shines through to me. He's like, I made this masterpiece. You're trying to paint over it and put other stuff on. Yeah. It'd be like somebody trying to over, you know, paint over the Mona Lisa or something. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everybody in there would go, what are you doing? You're going to ruin it, you know? And yeah. yet we can't see yeah. that in our own lives. Ephesians 2.10, you know, you're God's masterpiece. Um, and so we're trying to paint over what he's done. And he's going, you're spectacular. Like, just yeah. let that be. And let me hang you on the wall and let everybody look, because that's awesome. No, I think that's good, because I think a lot of men struggle with that to where, you know, I want to try and be a real man. And in their mind, Every person out there is a real man. You know, I want to I want to look like the rock. I want to have this or do that. That's what real men do when they yeah. are real men. God made them the way they are. And uh, exactly. And that's interesting because I think for a lot of men, when they get to that point, they have a security that then helps them be able to thrive and help other men in a lot of ways because they're not trying to fill that insecurity themselves. Man, you know, Dave, what's crazy, too, in our world with all this gender struggle, you know, people trying to figure Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. all this. I think that plays in what you just said. I remember saying just recently we have a service. We were talking about all sexuality, gender issues, all those things. And I'm like, look, you can say I'm not a man all you want because I like to watch rom-coms with my wife. Okay, Um, I don't care if you laugh at me. Uh, about that or not. I don't care if you laugh because I don't dress the way, you know, I'm, I don't carry an ax and wear flannel all the time, whatever. Okay. You, yeah, you, you can say whatever you want, but I'm thoroughly hundred percent heterosexual and happily married for 28 years. Okay. So, yeah. you know, whatever, I'm just telling you, I'm a man and I know I'm a man and you're yeah. not going to dissuade me from that. But our world has these definitions so in place that I think mm-hmm. that's what happens. Somebody goes, well, I can't be a man like that. And I'm like, yeah. so what if you love to do this and you love to do that? And that's not what the world thinks of as a man. Uh, last time I checked, the world didn't uh, create gender. The, lo- the world did not uh, set the rules for gender. God yeah. did all that. Yeah. And he made you. And since he made you, then you're okay. Like, yeah, be a man and be a man the way you're supposed to be a man. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And, uh, and that's the whole point. I think the unique part of where the book takes men is they learn how to listen for themselves to figure that what is my unique flair for the world? What is it that I can do that God's called me to do? And I I can bring that to the world. So uh, I think it's a great book. I recommend everybody getting it. At the end of the year of listen, of listening or whatever, uh, the Lord said, I was like, Lord, this is so awesome. He goes, great. Uh, Because now for the next 365 days, I'm going to still speak to you for you, but I'm also going to speak to you for another person every day. And I want you to say to them, whatever I tell you to say. 
And wow. so, uh, and so for the next 365 days after that, I spent not only listening for myself, but then for someone else and then having to communicate to that, find that per- sometimes I didn't even know them, never heard their name before in my life, have to hunt them down and tell them. Sometimes it was somebody I knew, sometimes it was somebody in my family, sometimes it was the church, it was whatever. Uh, but there'd be very specific every day. And, uh, but the only way I could do that for others was because I had done it for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I That's say true. that to men to say, listen, you're learning for you, but you're not just learning for you. That's good. You could be, you could be learning to listen for someone else. God may give you an opportunity to speak in something into somebody else's life that he spoke into your life. And, yeah. uh, and hopefully at some point that I'll, I'll take out all the names and everything, but there's yeah, some yeah. amazing stories from that 365 days of speaking things into people's yeah. lives from the God, from God so that they would again, know what his voice sounds like. Okay. Now I know, uh, we're around Christmas time. You've got another book that just came out. Tell us, tell us about that one yeah. too. But the Christmas book, super yeah. excited. Yeah. It's even it's even got the uh, author proof stripe over it. But it's called <laughs> "Do You Hear What I Hear?" and uh, truths uh, that the Lord wants to speak to. So, like at Christmas time, I every year I like to. I normally am just like reading through a book of the Bible at a time and in my own yeah. personal time with the Lord. I'm just studying and and it's very consistent and systematic, you know, for me. And just letting God speak speak to me as He guides me and directs me through that. I'll be reading other books sometimes along with it. But at Christmas time, I like to take about a month, set everything that I've been doing aside, mm-hmm. and just circle back to Jesus coming and going, Lord, just one more time, reveal yourself to me. You came to reveal mm-hmm. yourself to us. Just yeah. one more time this year, Lord, remind me of how special it is that you came. Just and I'll go back through and read the gospel account and, you know, all that of Jesus coming. But uh, in this seven people that Jesus, I mean, that uh, it, from that first that first Christmas or whatever, but there's seven truths. And I'll just give them to you real quick. Uh, they're this. You have been heard. You have found favor. Uh, you uh, you are on the team. You have something to offer. You matter. You have a mission and a message and you have a reason to worship. And uh, and so uh, each one of those has a few days, uh, little kind of like just moments for us yeah. to be able to uh, to dive into a, a particular person connected to that. And God was speaking that truth to them 2000 mm. years ago. That truth is still truth for us today. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, you know, I hear God saying this. The question is, do you hear what I hear? And mm-hmm. so, uh, so anyway, so I'm excited. It's only about a hundred pages, 110 pages, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, anybody can knock it out. It's designed to be 25 days or less. So if you started December 1st, you can catch it. Even if you didn't, you could knock this out because they're short. Uh, they're yeah. not designed to take a lot because we don't have a lot of time at Christmas. Yeah. They're designed yeah, to be true. simple, just simple punches of truth that remind us this is when Jesus came. This is what God was saying to us. So where, where can people go to find your stuff and to learn more about you? Yeah, super simple. AlanChapin.com. And uh, and so you can get all the books there. Uh, they're all on Amazon. 
okay. and so you can get them there. And I did my first audiobook uh, recently, and it's on nice. Audible. So uh, okay. the one for the the Bride Finder. Uh, yeah. It is not not only in print, but that's the first audiobook, and so I've been wanting to do that. AlanChapman.com and Amazon, you know, you can find just search by name, and all the books will come up, all that good stuff. Okay, okay, yeah, and I'll put all those links in the show notes and uh, take care of it. So, Alan, appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for investing in the lives of the thriving men out there, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you on again soon. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for investing in my life. I love you. I appreciate our friendship. And uh, I hope that all you guys are blessed, that you have a great, great Christmas season and that you do thrive. Thanks for listening to the Thriving Man Podcast. If you want to check out more resources from David and Reese, you can go to thrivingman.com. We'll see you in the next episode.